You're listening to the Visionary Life Podcast. I'm your host, Kelsey Rydell. We're hanging out here today because one day while hiking in Peru, after just having been let go from my dream job, it hit me. There's so much more to life and there's no excuse for not embracing uncertainty and trying new things to really explore our full potential in this lifetime. On this weekly podcast, you'll hear from successful entrepreneurs, creative thinkers, and visionaries just like you so that you feel less alone as you pursue everything you want and deserve in this lifetime. This is a space where big sky thinking is welcomed and conversations about daily betterment are essential. So if you're ready to stop living an ordinary life and start living a visionary life, then welcome home. All right. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to the show, Visionaries. It's episode 205. Wow. I cannot believe we even crossed the 200 episode mark, but 205, also amazing. So I'm kind of celebrating and doing a little dance in my kitchen as I record this. And I'm pretty sure I heard somewhere too that a lot of podcasts don't even make it past 10 episodes. So I feel very proud to have exponentially surpassed that. And lately, I've actually been um, encountering a lot of numbers that I see over and over, two being one of them, um, one, two, three, four, 1234 being another. And last weekend, I was hanging out with some girlfriends and actually started chatting a bit about numerology. And so I kept fixating on episode 205. And I was like, well, you know what? Why does Google exist? If I can't Google, what does the number 205 mean? So I thought, okay, well, I'm just going to share this, share how crazy my brain is sometimes. But apparently number two reminds us to be optimistic and balanced. It also symbolizes teamwork and partnerships, which I'm thinking a lot about in business. (laughs) Number zero tells us that we're receiving guidance on our path. It represents beginnings and endings. And number five carries the energy of change, personal freedom, and individuality. And then 205 together is a message to stay positive during a personal time of change and a reminder not to fall into dark thoughts, which all kind of resonates. Um, It's so funny. I also had my tarot cards read last weekend. And whether I was attaching meaning to each card or they truly were speaking to me, uh, I think it's fascinating to explore these different modalities, such as numerology. Um, Anyways... (laughs) If you're like, Kels, you're kind of insane, fine, I will move on. Today, let me introduce you to our guest named Jasmine Williams on Instagram as Jasmine Williams Media. Jasmine is a multi-passionate entrepreneur, a freelancer, and founder of the Clickworthy Creative Academy. Her services and expertise include copywriting, content strategy, and mentorship for aspiring freelancers, among many other things. Jasmine is a true, like, triple, quadruple threat. I don't even know, like, what, doing all the things, what kind of threat that is, but super threat. But rather than deep dive on any of these areas in today's episode, I'm actually chatting with Jasmine about her story of entrepreneurship and starting her business, really starting at the place where she felt like she didn't fit in in the corporate world. She wasn't interested in office politics and something just felt off. So she made a calculated leap and launched Jasmine Williams Media. So Jasmine has a total enthusiasm for what she does. It's contagious. And I think you're going to love this episode. We talk about the journey of starting her business. We talk about how to grow your network. Even if you're an introvert, she shares time management tools when you're a multi-passionate and so, so much more. I just know you're going to get a lot out of the episode. So you can find Jasmine at jasminewilliams.ca and it links to all her social platforms from there. And before we dive into the episode, I just want to ask you to potentially leave us a rating and review. I have shown up consistently 205 times, maybe more, to produce these episodes. So if you're listening to this and you just had a light bulb moment that you've actually never left us a review in iTunes, please do that. And the other thing you can do that really supports the show, so maybe I could ask you a slight favor. Can you take a screenshot of this episode? Like just look at your phone right now, 
click screenshot and then pull up your Instagram stories or wherever you are active on social media or in the online universe and just share it and tag Jasmine Williams. She's Jasmine Williams Media. Tag me. I'm at Kelsey Rydell. And then we know you're listening to the episode, which is super, super cool. So that's it for now. Enjoy this episode with Jasmine. Jasmine, welcome to the Visionary Life Podcast. I want to give a huge shout out to Julia who connected us. Julia is a past guest of the Visionary Life Podcast as well, Um, but she actually tagged you in one of the LinkedIn posts that I put out there, crowdsourcing awesome individuals, visionary human beings in Canada, and your name came up not once, but actually twice. So I was like, okay, we have to chat. So thank you so much for being here. Yeah, no, thank you so much for having me. I'm really, really excited to be here. I think it's important to set some context. I like to know where are you uh, joining this podcast from? Where are you living? Uh, Give us a little bit of backstory on where you're at currently. Yeah, so I'm in Toronto, Canada. It is very snowy, very cold. I think it's like minus 18 today. I haven't actually left the house yet, so. (laughs) You don't need to. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Uh, But yeah, that's where I'm joining in from today. Awesome. And how long have you been running your business? Uh, This summer will be four years. Wow. Congratulations. Thank you. So what exactly is your business? Give us a backstory on kind of how you got to where you are today and kind of set the stage for your expertise. Absolutely. Yeah. So my business is Jasmine Williams Media. Uh, It's a primarily a content marketing consultancy. So I work with a wide range of businesses from like startups to corporates to small business owners. And I provide them with done for you copywriting, content writing and content strategy services. Uh, So that's the bulk of what I do. I love helping people uh, shape their stories and get it out there and also be really strategic with how they tell their stories as well. Um, So that's a big bulk of what I do. But then I'm also a freelance coach. So I have a bit of a side hustle where I help uh, new and aspiring freelance creatives launch their businesses. So I have a six week course. I have a couple of uh, digital products, resources that I've created and a whole bunch of free content that I create as well, uh, because I know how weird it can be to start a business. And I also know that like for creatives, like I consider myself a creative and it can be hard sometimes to step into that role of business owner and really understand all the nitty gritty stuff that's involved in running a business. Like most of the time, these people are amazing at their craft, but the other stuff <laughs> is uh, can be a little tough to, to get into. So I really help them get organized, get focused, and uh, feel really comfortable and confident uh, once they launch their business and uh, grow from there. Mm, that is so epic. And I love that you have kind of like different facets of your business. I'm curious, what were you up to before launching your business? So you said you've been doing this for four years. What did the four years prior to that look like? Were you working corporate? Were you in this type of industry of content creation and marketing or doing something totally different? Yeah, I mean, I definitely was still in content marketing. So like in school, I studied journalism. And then after I graduated, I kind of bounced around between media and marketing jobs. Like I did six months as an editor at an online magazine, also worked as like digital marketing coordinator, like those types of roles. Um, But yeah, that's what I was doing. But I never really felt like I fit into corporate life. Like I felt like I was a really good student. And then when I graduated and started trying to adult, something was just not working. Uh, And I also come from a pretty entrepreneurial family. So it was always something in the back of my mind of like, I wanted to start a business. I didn't really know what. Uh, And then, yeah, one day it just sort of clicked. I was like, oh, this work that I'm doing in house, you know, creating content and uh, just helping these companies like master their messaging and really get themselves out there. Like I could do that on my own and do that for other places. Uh, So that's kind of what I did. Basically, I took what I was doing in house and created a business around it. I'm curious to know, because you said something that uh, I hear a lot and I feel it as well, that you feel like you didn't quite fit into corporate life. Um, And I remember kind of at the beginning of my more corporate career, I thought, well, this is just how everybody feels. And like, I just felt like just suck it up and deal with it. 
What do you think, what, like, what is it about you that made you not suitable for corporate life? Can you kind of crack that open and go a layer deeper as to what that felt like or what it is about you that wasn't fitting into working a typical job? Yeah, I mean, I think quite a few things. Uh, like, I'm somebody who never quite uh, loved, like, the office dynamics, like the, uh, what's it called, just the just the culture politics that's the word office politics uh I always was just kind of somebody who wanted to go to work keep my head down come home um like I didn't really want to not that I wasn't a team player but I just really like to focus on my work and sometimes I, I felt like people didn't understand it and I was always felt like I was being pulled in different directions and so many times I'm like I just want to write that's all I want to do I don't want to be in meetings all the time I just want to focus on what I'm good at and I always felt like I couldn't really do that in corporate environments mm-hmm. uh, I'm also somebody who gets bored really easily like I found around nine months like that was the mark where that would when the boredom would set in like I would feel like I'd hit a rhythm in my in my role and uh, just wasn't really excited about the work anymore and then my performance would kind of drop because I wasn't as engaged uh, and then things bad things <laughs> would happen and I would end up having to leave or actually getting fired a couple of times so yeah I just after the the last job I had before I started my business I could kind of feel like the writing was on the wall again like I wasn't getting along with my manager they're talking about my performance it wasn't up to par and I just had this feeling like I have to get out like something isn't working I know how good I am but for some reason this environment is not working for me and not allowing me to do my best work so that's when I really was like I don't know. After having so many rocky experiences, I was like, let me try this entrepreneurship thing. I always like people always said, you know, you can go back to a job if you have to. Uh-huh. Uh, but I just really felt like that was my moment to to give it a shot because it just was not working and I was not happy and I wanted a different life. Mm-hmm. It's so relatable. I'm like nodding along profusely because I'm like, this was my exact story too. Just yeah. never quite fit in and couldn't stand those office politics. Yeah. Um Okay, so you decide that corporate life isn't for you. Do you just like quit and just like wake up the next day and go, all right, like let's figure this out? Or had you been calculating a plan behind the scenes or did you have to like go down to part time? Paint us a picture of like what those next couple months looked like. Many of you know that I studied to become a holistic nutritionist many years ago, and even though I'm no longer practicing, I still take my health very seriously, especially in the winter when I feel like everyone around me is feeling subpar in one way or another. And part of my daily routine is Sambucol Black Elderberry Syrup, as well as their Black Elderberry Gummies. Sambucol Black Elderberry is the original Black Elderberry supplement. So you may not have heard of Black Elderberries before, but they have been used for centuries in traditional folk remedies, and they're prized for their anti-inflammatory properties. I've been extremely fond of this brand since my days studying nutrition because of its potency and efficacy in supporting my immunity. And at the first sign of a tickle in either mine or Dave's throat, we are reaching for the Sambucol. I just can't afford to take days off work as an entrepreneur, and Sambucol helps me stay well. So not only does it taste amazing, the gummies are actually better than candy, but this stuff actually works, and I'm really excited to be using Sambucol daily immune drink powder as well. So when I'm sick of drinking water throughout the day, I just crack a pack of the immune powder, and it tastes like Kool-Aid, but without the sugar and with way more benefit. So if you want to save on your next order of Sambucol, get 15% off of any order over $9.99 or more at SambucolUSA.com. So S-A-M-B-U-C-O-L-U-S-A dot com. And be sure to use the code VISIONARY15 at checkout. So again, save 15% by using code VISIONARY15 at SambucolUSA.com. Yeah, absolutely. So I actually, I had a bit of a plan, like in my head, I was like, I'll stay at this job for a year and then, and then do my own thing. That's what I had in my head. But then as things were not working out, I was like, oh no, I'm going to have to move up this timeline. I don't even think I'll make it to a year. I think I'm going to get fired again. Um, so that's when I really started thinking, what, what could I do? Um, now throughout my career, I had always done some freelance writing on the side, like since my journalism 
school days. So I was always kind of doing that in the background. And so I started kind of ramping that up a little bit, uh, doing more research. Uh, like once I kind of landed on that, I wanted to do something around content, like a content consultancy or an agency, started just Googling and seeing what was coming up and uh, re wrote, re reached out to a couple of people that way. Um, but yeah, I guess the, the what really kind of pushed me over the edge is I started planting some seeds. Like once I knew I really wanted to do this within that year, I started reaching out to some people that I had been freelancing with before or just people that I had worked with in the past and just was like, hey, <laughs> I'm looking to go full time with this work uh, soon. So if you have anything for me, like, let me know. Like I was just kind of shooting my shot. And uh, yeah, I got a couple of bites just from those early emails. And the real big thing that uh, sealed the deal for me is that a friend of mine who, uh, when I was kind of in that post-grad figuring out what my job would be stage, uh, I did a bit of freelance work for him um, when he has this agency. And we'd stayed in touch the whole time because we just had a really good working relationship. So he was one of the people that I reached out to. And he's like, well, I actually have this part-time social media gig through my agency. If you're interested, like you'd be a subcontractor, you'd basically kind of be a part of the team. And like it paid me about half of what I was making at my job. So it just felt like a good kind of launch pad of, okay, well, this is half and then I just need a couple more clients and then I could at least equal my full-time income and beyond. Um, mm. So that was when I had to really make a decision because it was like basically a part-time contract. I could not do it uh, while having my job. So yeah, I had, I took about a week to really think about it. It's like, okay, either you stay with your job and stick to your plan. Maybe in a few months you do this or you just do it now. And it just felt like, you know, what are the chances that this kind of opportunity is just going to come up again in a few months. Like it just felt like now was the time. So mm -hmm. yeah, I just, I said yes to my friend and put in my two weeks <laughs> at my job. It's funny. My manager at the time pretty much expected it. I think like, I was like, I Hey, can we, can we go grab a coffee? And I was like, so I have something to tell me you. And she's like, you're leaving, aren't you? <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I'm like, am. did I give off that energy? <laughs> Yeah, I think like she I, I mean, she was she was great. But I think even she knew that I wasn't happy and something just wasn't working. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, that that was it. And I just I mm. say that I, I never really looked back. Like there's definitely been some ups and downs as any Always. entrepreneur would say. Um, but for yeah, for the most part, it's just been full steam ahead. Mm -hmm. Sounds like you really took the calculated risk approach. Like you didn't just quit with no plan. Like you lined up a couple things. You started putting the feelers out there, which I think is a very responsible thing to do so that you feel like you're not desperate, right? Like you don't wake up the day after quitting going, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? It's like, no, I've already planted the seeds and you do have some money coming in from those side gigs. So it makes it a little less intimidating and just more responsible if that's kind of the way you need to live your life. Totally. Yeah. Like I know there's people who can just dive right in and go for it. Uh, but yeah, for me, I, I, I really needed that a little bit of a safety net at least. Uh, mm -hmm. Because uh, I've even seen it. I knew some people who also just dove right in without having anything. And I saw how stressful it was. And yeah. uh, it can lead to some maybe poor decision making because you just feel like you have to take whatever comes your way. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I, I like to be very calculated. And uh, like, I take risks, but I definitely take my time with them and think things through. Mm -hmm. And did you have a plan for how you were going to, you know, start to find more clients and launch new products? Or did you like, I think you mentioned your family, some of them were entrepreneurs, or did you hire somebody to help you? Like, how did you know that business sense of like, okay, now I need to make a full-time income off of my freelance. So what the plan is from there? Like, how did you determine that? Yeah. I mean, I think my first goal was just to try to make as much as I was making at my full-time job on yep. my own. Like mm -hmm. that's kind of how I felt like if I can do that, then that means I can keep going. <laughs> uh, like that's just the uh, decision I made 
with myself. Uh, so in terms of finding more work, I really just like networked my my little butt off. I went to a lot of events and I fortunately, even like the job that I was in was at a nonprofit that supported entrepreneurs. So like I was already kind of in that world and talking to a lot of people. Uh, mm. So yeah, I just, I, it was, it was tough because especially back then I was really, really shy, like classic writer, introvert, like did not want to talk to anybody. So starting the business really pushed me, forced me to get out of my shell and and talk to people. Uh, but yeah, that was really what I did. I just would start going to events and try to make a goal of talking to at least like three people uh, and just making connections. And a lot of times it came up uh, pretty organically from there. I like, yeah, those early clients are definitely friends, family, mm-hmm. um, I still remember the first person that I wasn't connected to at all. Like we just met through like a, just, yeah, another, a networking group. And I kind of sent him a proposal and he accepted. I was like, whoa, like that was a really big step for me. Cause I'm like, you don't know me at all. You just like my work and think, think we're, think I'm cool. Uh, so yeah, that was pretty much my strategy at first was just a lot of networking, a lot of just making connections. Uh, yeah, reaching out to people that I'd worked with in the past and, uh, and then social media as well, just establishing, mm-hmm. um, my website and my Instagram account and just, uh, just putting things out there. Like, I think fortunately with my background in content marketing, like I'm pretty comfortable with creating content and marketing. Yes. Uh, it was of course a bit of a shift to go from marketing a, a company to myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was able to really lean on my, on my marketing skills for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's funny when you say like when you got your first client that you had no connection to, it was like this little celebration moment. I feel like that is such a a common occurrence. Like at first it's your friends and family or the people who are, I don't know, within your network already. But the moment you see somebody reach out and book you that you have no idea how they find you, you feel like, wow, now I've really made it. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Totally. I love that. Um, okay. So before we kind of like double tap on that story, I want to go back to something you said about networking when you're an introvert. I think a lot of people can identify with that. Do you have any tips for networking when you are a bit on the shy side or when you feel like your network is really, really small, but you're hesitant to even go participate in events? Any tips there? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think, what I would do is I'd, I'd bring some friends with me, usually. Like, I had a friend who wasn't an entrepreneur, but was always, was very supportive. So she would come to these events with me sometimes. Uh, so that was good to just have a bit of moral support. Yeah. Uh, I think for me, setting little goals for myself. Uh, so, like, just the goal of talk to three people and then you can leave. Uh, so that was enough to kind of build up my confidence a little bit. Uh, I even, like, I would come up with just a little openers, I guess, like in my head, ah, love that. <laughs> uh, like little scripts of just like, what are the questions that I would ask? Uh, you know, what brought you here? Or mm-hmm. like, is this your first time at this event? Like, yeah. I would kind of have these standard questions that would at least kind of break the ice a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, or as I got more confident, sometimes I would just sort of slide in and be like, hi, I'm joining your group now. <laughs> I <love that. laughs> uh, if I saw people who looked cool, and usually that like being a little awkward on purpose was enough for people to be like, yeah, yeah, of course, like, yeah. come on in. Um so yeah, I feel like those that really helped at first, just having a few kind of little things that I could say to start the conversation. Uh, so it wasn't just like, hi, my name is Jasmine. <laughs> nice yep. to meet you. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think honestly, it's it, the cliche of like riding a bike. It's really just been uh, practice. Like I really think even like friends tell me, it's like, wow, you've really changed over the last few years. And it's just been consistently kind of putting yourself out there, realizing that it's not as scary as you thought it was. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you, you start to relax and it all gets it all gets a little bit easier the more you do it. Such good tips. Thank you for sharing those. Yeah. So at some point in like the, you're freelancing, doing a lot of gigs for people where it's kind of your energy, working one-on-one uh, for people. At some point in there, you launched some digital products like email templates, the Clickworthy Creative Academy. I believe you have a few other things. Yeah. Uh, can you talk about kind of making that shift into not just working one-on-one and freelancing anymore, but starting to offer things that maybe leverage your time a little bit more? What was the deciding factor to start focusing energy and intention behind creating new products? 
Yeah, absolutely. So I kind of had the idea for Clickworthy Creative Academy was the first thing that I started. And I'd had that idea, I'd say maybe for like a year or so before I launched it. Uh, I just knew that I had a lot, like pretty much I'd say six months to a year into starting my business. Uh, I get these messages all the time of people being like, oh, it looks so you started your business. That looks so cool. Like, can I pick your brain? You know, we all know this. Yeah. And uh, and I would I would hop on these calls because honestly, I was so flattered that people like wanted to learn. Um, so and I, I really wanted to help people, too. Um to this day, that's kind of the impetus of everything. So I would hop on these calls and, you know, give people a half hour of my time here or there. Uh, but then I started to notice that everybody was kind of asking the same questions. So I kind of started like writing things down of like the common questions I was getting. And at first I just put out like a FAQ post of like, here are the, some common questions I get, uh, just as a way to sort of I guess keep people at bay it's like okay look at this first before you book a call with me before you ask to pick my brain <laughs> yeah so let's just make sure this is uh helpful for both of us so I created that post but then was still getting more questions or people be like ah okay but now I have like three more follow-up questions and uh so then I just started thinking like I think there needs to be I need to create some sort of like educational offer uh, and I thought a lot about different ideas. At first, I was like, maybe I could just start like a blog kind of project or uh, a podcast even. I thought of that too. Uh, and then I think in 2020, I, um, in a weird uh, series of events, ended up working with Amy Porterfield, who has a digital course academy, which is this huge uh, company where she teaches people how to create courses and as I was like working with her and like writing content for her it just sort of clicked I'm like I think it's I think it's a course that I need to create like I think mm -hmm. that's the way that I could get everything that's in my brain and out into the world and help people so yeah I just started kind of outlining and it all kind of came out pretty naturally like I already had the modules or things like you know pricing was something people ask a lot marketing sales like I already kind of knew based on all those conversations that I had, uh, what people wanted to learn from me. So I just sort of put things together, whipped up a sales page and uh, launched it. I, uh, I kind of pre-sold it. So when I did the first round, I actually hadn't created anything yet. Uh, I just was like, here's what I'm going to teach. And then when I started getting some sales, I was like, okay, let's go. So I was pretty much building the plane as I was flying it. Um, and then from there, I just, i yeah, it's something that I've continued to try to build out. Uh, like the email templates is actually a part of the course. It was like this bonus mm. that I'd offered and people loved it so much. They're like, holy crap, this is a, this is amazing. Like I've never seen anything like this. Uh, so it's like, I think this could be a standalone product. So then I turned that into the grab and go email templates offer. Um, but yeah, I just like, it was like partly trying to diversify my income, but mostly just because I saw that there was a bit of a, a gap. Like I know when I started, I was kind of piecing things together through Google and, mm -hmm. you know, coaches and mentors and eventually kind of came up with my own way. And I really felt like if I could synthesize this for people and organize it, then I think this would be a much better approach and could help people like just scale a bit faster than the trial and error that I was doing when I started. Um, so that was, that was really the belief behind it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I guess Epic. Yeah. Oh, I love that story. There's so many things that I could unpack there. First of all, really neat that you got to work with somebody as established as Amy Porterfield. I think that's obviously a very cool experience for you and something great to add to your resume. How did that happen, by the way? Is that a story for another podcast or? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I could summarize it. Uh, but essentially, uh, in early 2020, it's okay. Basically, uh, in early 2020, around the George Floyd protests and Black Lives Matter movement was really uh, like, there's a lot of conversations around that. I yeah. just, I posted this, uh, Instagram story where I just posted my thoughts about like diversity, equity, and inclusion. And just because I saw, I just saw some things that were happening as people were really trying to be more inclusive, but I could see them kind of going the wrong way. Not mm. like intentionally, just, you know, everybody's kind of rushing and thinking through, not really thinking things through. So I just posted the story about like, here are my two cents for anybody who's trying to, you know, be more inclusive. And it just, it went kind of viral like I had wow. a couple friends be like you should turn this into an IGTV story this is great and I was like 
fine. I actually didn't even want to. I was like, oh, that sounds like a lot of work, but I just stitched it together. But then that video took off. It got like 20,000 um, plays or whatever overnight. Wow. And then somehow Amy Porterfield ended up seeing it because uh, I think uh, Gabby Bernstein shared it or Amy. I'm not sure who found it, but like all these names were like, it was an insane 24 hours. I was just, my phone was blowing up and yeah. So she shared the video and then I guess she went to my website, saw that I was a copywriter and a content writer. And she's like, actually, Jasmine, I think we could maybe work together because I'm looking for somebody like you. Um, so that's kind of how I basically ended up on her radar. Yeah. So that's why it's, mm -hmm. it's, a, it's an interesting story. But yeah, that's how we got connected. Visionary, I know you, you're a health nut and you want to save money on the brands you love and the ones that support your well-being. Well, Healthy Planet is your one-stop shop for all things healthy. They have everything from gluten-free snacks to non-toxic beauty products, and they deliver it all right to your doorstep. Being healthy has never been easier, more affordable, or more convenient than this. So go ahead, shop with Healthy Planet online and save 10% off any online online order over $49.99. Just use the code VISIONARY2022 at checkout. VISIONARY2022 at checkout. It's going to save you 10%. So what are you waiting for? Go get all of your health food goodies and start saving today by heading to healthyplanetcanada.com. Use the code VISIONARY2022 at checkout. It's interesting too, because I think so often people are faced with moments when it's like, is it appropriate to share my opinion in relation to my business? And like, can I speak freely about topics that are important to me without it tarnishing? But I do honestly believe that the more we kind of crack open and just share, you know, what our values are, what our beliefs are at our core, it might be polarizing in a way, but usually skews in the positive direction that people want to know what you stand for and what you're about and can actually make a more informed decision about whether they'd like to work with you uh, based on, you know, what you share of what goes on behind the scenes of your yeah. business. So it's a really interesting story. Um, okay. So now fast forwarding to today, what does your typical work week look like? Like, what are you focused on right now? Are you constantly selling some of your templates and then running group cohorts and also freelancing? Like, how do you balance it all? What are you balancing right now? <laughs> I know you say it like that and it's like, damn, that's a lot. And it is. Uh, yeah, I'd say right now my work is like split about 80% on my consulting work and 20% on the freelance coaching. Because uh, mm -hmm. right now it's essentially almost like two businesses that I'm running. Yeah. Um, but yeah, most of the days I'm spent like I'm on client calls, like touching base with some clients doing a lot of writing um, and then where I can kind of fit it in, try to plan out uh, like things related to the click really creative side. So <clears throat> just earlier this month, I had a sale on some of my um, digital products and courses. Uh, right now I'm in like preparation mode for the next round of my of my cohort. I do two cohorts a year at the, at the oh, moment. Okay. So like spring and fall. So right now I'm kind of in early stage prep for the spring cohort, which means uh, like thinking of lead generation campaigns, like working on like marketing campaigns with my assistant, uh, thinking of ideas of how we can take it, make it better. So we always look at all the feedback we got from the last round and think about uh, what can we incorporate? What can we do uh, to, you know, bring that to life? And uh yeah, that, and then just like prepping the marketing materials as well. Like, how are we promoting it? Like the copy and emails and all of that stuff. Uh, so yeah, it's a lot. I just really try to prioritize and uh, I'm a bit of a perfectionist. So I always, mm. I find I help like to talk to people and they usually can help keep me in check of like, do you need to do all of those things? Or maybe you could just start here. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, I just try to keep things in check. Uh, but yeah, sometimes it is hard. I do feel like sometimes if I'm focusing on the coaching side, then the consulting stuff starts to slip yeah. and vice versa. Um, so yeah, big thing for me this year is trying to figure out how I can build capacity, whether that's like hiring um, some people to support me. Because uh, yeah, I want to grow both of these incredible yeah. things that I've built. Oops. But I am just one person. Well, one plus an amazing assistant. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, that is kind of tricky sometimes where, you know, there's just only so many hours in a day. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. 
And it's hard when you're multi-passionate and you're like, I don't want to give either of these up. I'm going to make them both work. So it's like, how can I duplicate myself? (laughs) I literally ask myself that every freaking day. It's so hard. But uh, but yeah, that's like when I started the course and everybody's like, well, are you going to do this course full time? And I'm like, it's hard to say. Like, it's, you know, a nice little side income at the moment, but it's you know, when I run the numbers, it's only about 10% of yeah. my overall income and the consulting stuff is 90%. Mm-hmm. So, and then there's the voice that's like, well, maybe if you put 90% of your effort here, it could yep. be the 90%. Uh, so yeah, it's something I've gone back and forth with a lot, but ultimately I do really love doing both. Like I love yeah. writing as my first love and I love creating content for my clients and just seeing their reactions when they get uh, a blog post I've written or a copy or, or that, that feedback of like, how did you get inside my brain? Like that's mm-hmm. incredible. Uh, and then I also love the impact I'm creating with CCA. I get emails almost every week from people who are like, yeah. I bought your templates. I, I signed up for this and this is what's happening. So yeah, both mm-hmm. of them really fuel me in different ways. Mm. Yeah, I can definitely relate to that as well. (laughs) Um, You said that, you know, the consulting fuels you, the courses uh, and, you know, launching and and working with clients in that way fuel you. So that makes me think of asking you the question, has there been like a recent milestone that has been super exciting that you've celebrated that has really made you feel proud of all the work you've done? What is a recent milestone that you've um, taken time to celebrate? Uh, I mean, I think some of the, the media features that I've gotten recently have been, uh, pretty exciting. So just, I think earlier this month I was featured in girl boss, uh, which was pretty cool. Cause they were like, I have this little digital post-it note of brands yeah. I'd like to like collaborate with. And they were on the list. Uh, oh my not God, that it was manifested. Really, <laughs> I, yeah, literally. And it's, it's interesting. Cause, um, it was actually a friend of mine who referred me to them. Like she was interviewed and then they were like, okay. we're looking for somebody who could talk to us about freelancing. And they're like, you have to talk to Jasmine. Like that's all, she's all about that. Yep. <laughs> and so it was a cool, like full circle moment of like a friend helping me, you know, make this happen. So awesome. Um, and then, yeah, and then last year I was featured in the Toronto Star, which is a pretty big uh, newspaper here uh, in Toronto. And yeah, I think like both, especially having a journalism background, like there's mm-hmm. something so exciting about being on the other side of things. And yeah, uh, and, yeah just having people really recognize me for uh, the work that I'm doing, because I really freelancing, I think for a long time has just been seen as this little the stopgap thing of like this is what you do when you're in between jobs or when you're still figuring things out Uh and uh I hadn't really seen a lot of people who are doing this work full time and I really like wanted to be I still want to be an advocate for freelancing as as a career as a as a full-time thing that people can pursue and and be and thrive you know build a really uh amazing life through it. So mm-hmm. yeah, to be able to be recognized by these kinds of outlets and share my story and just be a part of a bigger platform, like that was definitely a like, whoo, this is cool. Things are happening. <laughs> yeah, so cool. And I'm going to link your article in Girl Boss and the Toronto Star definitely um, would be great resources for people to check out. And congratulations on both of those. I think that's Thank you. absolutely incredible. Um, you mentioned too, like you do freelance coaching, right? Mm-hmm. So are you teaching people how to make a full-time income off of freelancing essentially? Yeah. So that's basically what I do through the course. So yeah, okay, it's, okay. It, it's six different modules that take you through very like foundational aspects of building a business. So like finding a niche, uh, sales, marketing. Um, we also talk about time management, uh, like kind of positioning thought leadership sort of stuff and also content marketing because mm-hmm. that's where my expertise fits in. So I thought it'd be cool to add that in. Uh, but yeah, basically the 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 idea with the course is to really teach people like everything you kind of need to know to to cool. start a business and go full time. And yeah, actually I got an email this week from one of my students who said she quit her job in November and is now freelancing wow. full time. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's always Powerful. really cool. Like it is. Yeah. Like I'm never one to say like, oh, you're going to make like $20,000 overnight or anything like that. Uh, but just to see people have the confidence. And mm-hmm. like she said, you know, like I've been using your pricing tips and I've been charging these rates that to me seem insane, but people keep saying yes. So I think, <laughs> I think I'm doing something right. And I'm like, yes. 
<laughs> that's so uh, badass. <laughs> yeah. And so like, that's a big thing. I really want to like pricing is always a big thing. Cause I see so many people undercharging themselves. So uh, yeah, essentially that's my, that's where I've started, but I do want to start doing more like one-to-one coaching as well and more one-to-one mentorship. Okay. Uh, but right now it's, it's just kind of in the course. Mm-hmm. And so you manage, or you mentioned in the course, you teach time management. So I'm curious, how do you manage a typical work week with so much going on and obviously a lot of projects that you want to dive into? Do you have structure or tools or systems that you use to manage your Monday to Friday schedule? Oh yeah, totally. So I use Asana as the project management tool. I put everything in there. Uh, so that really helps me see like just at scale, like or not at scale, like at a distance, what do I have to do? And I like that the, the calendar function means you can just sort of drag and drop things. So I can kind of see, I'm like, okay, this Monday is looking a little hectic. Let's see what we can move yeah. throughout the week. Uh, so that's really how I organize my time. Um, I'm big on like uh, efficiency and processes. So like I have a really, uh, clear sales process that I bring people through like onboarding, mm-hmm. uh, templates, like a lot of things I do is very templatized. So it's really easy for me to just respond to things really quickly or like just move people along. Cool. Um, so that saves me a lot of time. Uh, but yeah, I, I think I, my assistant really helps a lot. Like there was definitely a point where I was like, I've, come to the ceiling of what I can do on my own. Mm -hmm. So definitely getting help. Uh, Like she only works with me part-time, but just helping me with uh, like, I have a Facebook group that she manages for me, uh, like admin tasks, creative tasks, uh, like anything that I feel like is starting to take too much time or is a little bit like repetitive. Then I'm like, okay, you know what? I can give this to Pam and I can focus on what needs to focus. But uh, I think a lot of it also comes down to prioritization. Like I did, I still struggle with it with just saying yes to too many things and taking on too much. but this year, especially, mm-hmm. I've been really uh, being having stricter boundaries or just letting people know, like, I can't start that next week. It's going to have to wait till March. Yeah. Uh, and because before I'd be like, let's squeeze it in. <laughs> and then by the end of the month, you'd be like, why did you do that? <laughs> that was a terrible idea. Uh, so, yeah, I think especially at where I'm at now, where it's still just still just me. Maybe once I once I have a bigger team I can increase capacity but right now I just have to I have to prioritize and just kind of let people know not right now maybe a bit later uh but I am fortunate now that I've since I've been doing this for four years and have a pretty built up a pretty good reputation I find my clients are amazing Mm -hmm. and very understanding and very communicative and a lot of them are very like yeah sure that's fine Mm -hmm. uh we'll you know we just want to work with you so we'll we'll respect your timelines and your boundaries so that's great Mm -hmm. well that means you're working with dream clients which is kind of amazing right like you found those people who you love working with and who support you and vice versa exactly yeah um what's your favorite part of about running your business full-time? Like, what is it that really lights you up um, about this adventure that you're on? Yeah, oh man, it's so hard to pick a favorite. Uh, I mean, right now, like I started a, a newsletter in 2020 that uh, people have been really responding well to. Like I get emails and comments all the time of people being like, I love this, this is so great. Uh, so that's been really, really fun just because uh, you know, as a as a writer, I tend to write for other people and other people's voices, and ah. I'm I think I'm good as a chameleon in that way. I have a I don't know exactly how I do it, but I am yep. able to to get into people's heads and really um, adopt the way they speak and communicate. Yep. Um, but uh, in you know, as I was doing that, I kind of stopped writing for myself and mm. uh, lost I think myself a little bit. So it's been cool to write this newsletter completely in my voice, you know, not be edited or have clients kind of picking at it and just see people responding to it too. Like that's been exciting. And I think too, that's another aspect of why I wanted to start the Clickworthy stuff is that I wanted something that was mine. Mm -hmm. Um, Like as a consultant, you know, you're delivering work to other people. So they take your work and they, and they run with it. And then sometimes you're like, well, what about me? (laughs) Like, I kind of want to build a legacy or, or build something that I could say, like, that's me. I did that. Um, so that's really also why I wanted to start Clickworthy where it's like, I wanted to create something that was just 
just mine and uh, my ideas and my brand and my voice and uh, build it up in that way. Um, so yeah, newsletter is a big thing. Um, but I'd say, yeah, in general, it's just being being creative. Like I yeah. always felt sometimes when I was working nine to five, like I'd have these I, like weird ideas, but you'd kind of have to table them or you'd have to, you know, talk to your manager or whatever. Uh, yeah. Or sometimes I would just do them and, you know, kind of the whole ask for for, ask for forgiveness, not permission. Hence why I didn't work out in corporate. Um, so I love that. Like, if I have an idea, I can just run with it. Like Mm -hmm. I could just look at my calendar and be like, you know what, I'm going to do this right now. Or like, if I have an idea for a funny reel, uh, or, uh, just like a new campaign or anything, like I could just go for it. And Mm -hmm. that's been, that's so exciting. And that's what keeps, I think, a big part of why I've been able to stick with this for so long after always feeling bored in corporate and nine to five roles is just this feeling of, uh, I can just create. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's what I, that's what I love the most. I think, uh, is just kind of being able to do what I want and try things out. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work, but, uh, I never have to feel like held back in any way. Hey, Visionary, are you ready to launch your business? If you're looking for a way to get started, we can help. The Visionary Method is a weekly coaching program that will guide you through the process of launching your business and generating revenue in as little as 12 weeks. We have helped over 100 entrepreneurs build their businesses from scratch and find community with people just like them. You don't have to do this alone. It doesn't matter if you're an introvert or extrovert, young or old, experienced or brand new. Our method works for everyone who wants it badly enough. This isn't about getting rich quick. It's about creating something meaningful that changes lives and makes the world a better place. Join us today by heading to KelseyRidal.com for details or click the link in the show notes and learn more about the visionary method. Yeah, I would imagine you're like me. Like I haven't been bored a day in my life since I left my corporate job. I'm like, bored? What is that? Like I have so much I want to create and do and there's always something I could be furthering along. So yeah, it's funny that boredom is far and few between, I think, in an entrepreneur's life. Absolutely, yeah. Um, And I think it's cool like what you said about after freelancing for people and kind of building out their products, it's almost like by osmosis, you feel like, well, if it's possible for them, it's possible for me too. And it's just kind of a reminder that being in the presence of people who you aspire to be like, like it really does rub off on you and it shows you anyone can do it. Uh, So yeah, just getting in the right rooms, I think is super important. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, Yeah, I just, I also felt too sometimes like being a consultant, you know, not uh, people don't always take your advice, you know, yeah, yeah. or they'll be like, ah, that sounds cool, but we just want this. Yeah. Uh, so it was also a little bit of an experiment for me of like, what if I could do something that is completely the way I would do it from yes. start to finish, mm-hmm. I, you know, within reason, of course, that's where the perfectionism comes in where you're like, ah, I see how I would want to do it, but I'm only one person. So it has to be this level. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that has also been cool, like to create uh, just like, uh, like email marketing, like sequences and communications and things and just see like nerd out and like, look at the open rates and click rates and just see like, huh, like this works. (laughs) Like, I guess I'm, I guess I'm good at this because I can do it for myself. And these are the results. I love that. So tell us like, where can we find you? What upcoming launches do you have? I know you're quite active on social. I've loved poking through all your uh, Instagram content, LinkedIn content, but yeah, tell the listeners where the best places are for them to connect with you. Absolutely. Yeah. I'd say Instagram is, I think, where I am most active. So that's at Jasmine Williams Media, all one word. Uh, You can find me making very silly uh, freelance reels uh, and also uh, providing educational content as well. Uh, my LinkedIn, which is also Jasmine Williams Media, I, I try to keep that a little bit more focused on the consulting side. So that's where I share more of like my writing work, my client work. Uh, and then Twitter is kind of like a mix of everything, <laughs> um, like the random thoughts in my head and also um, promoting work. And my Twitter handles at the Jazz Williams. So I'd say if you're active on any of those channels, uh, give me a follow. Let's hang. Um, and then what's coming up. Uh, so yeah, Clickworthy is going to be opening up again 
in April. Mm. And just, it's gonna, I really, it's gonna be a big launch. We're planning a lot of um, things for this and uh, new tiers for the, um, for the course. So there's going to be an mm. on-demand tier as well as like a live component. Cool. So excited to, to launch that and see what happens. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the big thing that's coming up. Uh, but I also have like a bunch of free resources. Like I have a freelance rate calculator uh, that's uh, I think been dollar almost a thousand times. I think it's been wow. downloaded. Yeah. We're getting close. Uh, so I'd say like I, if people want to, kind of experience what the resources that I have out there, I'd say like, check out that calculator. I also have like a business setup checklist as well. Mm. Um, so yeah, those are ways to kind of um, get my content. And of course, uh, if they're like opt-ins as well, so then you'll be on my list and you'll get my weekly newsletter and uh, like learn about everything that's going on in my neck of the woods. Sweet. I'm going to go subscribe to your newsletter right after this show. <laughs> yes, um, please. You know, my only remaining question is like, do you sleep at night? Because you have a lot going on and I'm just very impressed with how you output content and continue to serve your clients. It's honestly, it's amazing. It's so cool. Oh, thank you. I mean, I, I do sleep actually. Good, good, good. Uh, yeah, I'm like the kind of person, I'm a bit of a like early bird. So by like four, five, six, I'm like tapped out. Like I yeah. don't, uh, I try to keep pretty strong boundaries there. Mm -hmm. uh, but again, I think it kind of comes back to priorities. Like I really try to like not spread myself too thin. Like on LinkedIn, I'm only posting maybe like once a week. Yeah. Instagram even is maybe only three times a week or, or less. Uh, mm -hmm. So like there is content going out, but I just really try to like make it manageable about like what, what can I really handle? Mm -hmm. um, and mm -hmm. yeah, same thing with the client side. I'm always just yeah. trying to uh, make it manageable and, and not take on too much, but I don't know. I think I just, it's so, so cheesy, but I just really love what I do and it really lights me up. So uh, yeah, some days I'm just like, this is dope. Like this is really fun stuff that I'm working on. So I think that gives yeah. me a lot of energy and allows me to do so much stuff. And of course, being the kind of person who gets bored all the time, like yep. I am doing a lot of stuff, but it's kind of what I need. Like if yeah. I'm, if I'm ever feel like I'm only doing one thing, then I just, I, I'm just not my best. It's mm -hmm. weird. I just need mm -hmm. to be kind of busy, but, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I, I also am like all about the boundaries and, uh, yeah, still try to make time for friends and all that yeah. stuff. So cool. Well, I would encourage everyone to go check out your work. Um, it's funny. I've just been nodding along this whole podcast because I feel like there's a lot of parallels in our stories uh, in entrepreneurial journeys, which is cool. Um, and I just want to thank you for sharing an hour of your time to uh, open up on the Visionary Life podcast. We appreciate you and wish you all of the success as you continue to grow your business. Yeah. No, thank you for having me. This has been an amazing conversation. So yeah, awesome. this is great. Thanks, Jasmine. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Visionary Life. I love bringing you these conversations on a weekly basis. So it would mean so much to me if you could help me out by rating and reviewing the show in your iTunes app. You can also support the show by taking a quick screenshot of the episode and sharing it on your Instagram stories, tagging me at Kelsey Rydell. I'll catch you in the next episode. P.S. Whenever you're ready, there's a couple of ways that I can support you. So first thing, if you're ready to make your first or next $50,000 in business, explore how the Visionary Method Business Coaching Experience can accelerate your growth. There'll be a link in the show notes. Also, if you're feeling lost, confused, or overwhelmed when it comes to starting an online business, reach out and book a free revision call with me. I'll offer you customized recommendations on how to get unstuck so you can live a life filled with joy, happiness, and fulfillment.